Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I'd like to thank my contributors to the show and my listeners, because without them, none of this would be possible. First, my executive producer, Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger. Senior editor, Amanda Steele, author of Ghost of Me. Binaural production engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this show, simply go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Thanks for coming back on. That my pleasure. Thank you. Sorry about the light. The sun is coming through the blinds in these little cracks, and so I'll look kind of strange, but that's okay. It's kind Not of cool. It, it, it looks like your third eye is opening. Ah, my third eye. You know what the third eye is for? Um, I write. I wrote a paper called "The Biological Mechanisms uh, of the Third Eye." I did a study with uh, Robert O. Becker, Nobel Prize winner. University of Washington, we did a study on how that chill, you know, going up your spine, is dimethyltryptamine uh, being released in the body and setting up a standing wave of light, visible in the bandwidth, that hits the pineal gland at the base of the skull. And what that does is that sets up a resonant cavity oscillation in the neural cavity. And now, instead of generating glial cells like you and I, enjoy getting older and older uh, <laughs> you actually can generate true nerve tissue and i had uh, from cambodia i had my knee squashed i mean we're talking about perineal was severed and all of that and it took four and a half months of nerve tissue going down the central nervous system using gravity to get to the knee and i have a hundred percent regeneration nerve tissue and i'm going to give you another secret mm-hmm the goosebumps you experience on your body that's how your body is communicating to your sleeping state you call consciousness that it's generating uh stem cells what age do you want to be wow (laughs) that's how you do it (laughs) so what is it what is that the same thing as like when our our hair stands on end too that's uh, goosebumps are a little different than the hair standing on end with electrostatic fields. Hmm. Yeah, they're they're similar because the goosebump stem cell has got a dipole moment to it, so uh-huh. it's sending out a radiation, and the hair will respond by going straight up. But it's the goosebump, and you can do that with your mind's eye. Wow! So, so would that kind of count as a sixth sense? The sixth sense is your gut, the lower brain, uh, communicating to your physical body, your gut, your instinct. And uh, that's what we call the sixth sense. It's uh, actually you have information about the future and the past and space and time 
uh, you know, clairsentient, clairvoyance, telepathy, you know, the information's here and you send it there, the information's there, you bring it here, astral projection, you go there to get, you know, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, is the first brain in the human body. The second brain, the upper brain, is not where the mind resolves. We're going to talk about that today. Okay. It's actually resident, it's another gut, but for subtle bodies outside the physical body. And it dialogues with um, multiverse. And we'll talk about that more. Basically, um, a second generation Russian, Max Rumpel, uh, quoted from a paper I wrote back in 1974 on a major breakthrough he did last year proving that neural cavities that, 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 that uh, uh, neurotransmitters are acting as resonant cavity oscillators dialoguing with something outside the physical body. Now, I've written about that in a new book that's coming out this next month. The Non-Local Mind is coming out this next month, and Chapter 7 is on the true nature of ca time travel and the true nature of cavitation. Now, time travel is not what you think it is. We're basically asleep, and death is a kind as a metaphor. This isn't accurate, but this is like as a metaphor. It's like when you wake up. Mm -hmm. What you will never know in consciousness is cavitation. It's, the it's like science and religion. You got two brains, you know, and neither of them will get you there. What they do is they make you uniquely different than may because of choice and that's where you have option where you're unique as a representation of may in a different time frame kind of thing and what i did back 47 years ago was the holographic concept you know mm -hmm. dealing with information and so on this will be called a psionic field theory PSI, psionic, psionic field theory, like orgone and piranha and uh, chi. What chi is, is microtubules on the outside of the physical body with structured water in it, five grams. At the moment of death, <clears throat> there is a five gram weight loss in the body. It's not urine. What is that? Where did, what is it? Where, where did it go? It turns out it's a subtle body outside the physical, and that's where things like placebo and depression mm -hmm. can be altered by dialoguing with a neurotransmitter that's released in the brain talking to this chick. Um, I had a Sifu that could boom and knock someone across the room without touching them. How does he do that? How did Cassius Clay, when he did that roundhouse swing, right. hit Sonny Liston up in the air, and Sonny Liston fell down on his back out cold, and yet, on closer inspection, Cassius Clay didn't even touch Sonny Liston. That's what she is. It's uh, outside the body. It's part of your body. It's a subtle body. Mm -hmm. There's a whole series of them. And the one that we are most familiar with is Che, because that's the first one right there, which is microtubules uh, with structured water. You 
poke your left arm and your right arm has an experience, how did it get that transfer of information? You know, it isn't blood, it isn't oxygen, it isn't nerve trunks, how did it do that? There are other bodies in the physical that what neurotransmitters are dialoguing with, like your gut dialogue through the physical body. Mm -hmm. It's the one that turns this brain on. So how, now, how many brains do we have? We have the gut, we have this. Well, I'm certain there's way more that we have never even comprehended yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just taking one small step for man. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, and I know I don't know, and I know that my model, like my holographic model over quantum mechanics, is going to get superseded by your grandson or someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and that's how it is. But it's important to realize that science and religion won't get you there. That means, because like science starts, with, before we do anything, we have an assumed truth. And then we have definitions after that. Assumed truth might be shortest distance between two points. Well, then the Earth's round. But if space is curved, I can prove the Earth's flat. Which one is it? And the correct answer, and this is very important, is yes. Because they're both true, that's how limited man's concept of conceptualizing space is. And imagine time. Time's <laughs> different for children. Yeah. Yeah. Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that's important to realize is that we have physical immortality right now, but we can't grasp it in the sleeping state that we're at, in right now, which we call consciousness. This is more like purgatory or, you know, death, as we would normally associate it. It's not the end of life. Uh, it's This is illusion. And, you know, at the moment of death, man's offered one last choice. And that's written in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Bordeaux Thedal. He says you have a choice of, of the going back into the blue light, going back to the Lord and becoming part of the Lord or the circle of our tunnel of light. Come on back in, the water's fine, and you got all your dogs and friends waving, come on back. Because as a metaphor, five grams of structured water is enough for 100,000 lifetimes of memory. It's one million times more efficient than our current computer chips with gallium arsenic, gallium and arsenic touching each mm -hmm. other. Two things touch each other water, whatever, when gallium and arsenic touch each other, they form a, a thing in between called the forbidden zone. That's where all your memory is stored. Same thing with structured water, H3O2. And so you, you've got something else going on here, and we haven't even begun to conceptualize, wow. you know, where we are. And I'm just rewriting the next field theory on psionic field theory. Mine will answer questions like, if time isn't real, what does that make your son? And or your great grandfather. And when you realize that that young child is a younger, smarter version of you, the first thing out of the gate is why would you want to send it to school and dumb it down to become you? Makes sense. Well, 
I mean, here we are with the need for educational reform mm -hmm. right out of the gate as primary A, presuming why you didn't have a, a daughter is that a collapse timeline into singularities. And the multiverse is that space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave. And in between there is where the multiverse lies with all the different options. And at one level, you are me, and I am you, and I am the walrus, which means <clears throat> that I am no more important than you are, and none of us get out of here until each of us does our part of why we're here right. as a metaphor. And it's important to understand that. It's very humbling to realize that it isn't about science or religion. It's about the mind's eye. And when that child says, there's a boogeyman under my bed, you better believe it. That It's the mind's eye that makes it real. Hmm. So is it safe to say that everything that everything is real and not real at the and same time? Maybe? Or anything you could possibly imagine. <clears throat> it's not only real, it's even more than that. And that what you can imagine mm -hmm. right now <clears throat> is what you personally could achieve in this lifetime if you're using your full potential and is less than halfway to God. When you realize an alien, let's say that alien has had 1,000 years more technology than you. Okay, imagine what it would be like with one less zero going back to England 100 years ago to a farm and going, breaker, breaker, one seven, come on. What would that farmer think in just 100 years? Oh, he would think we're super advanced. That's why Carl Sagan and others said that what is magic in one century becomes science in the next. And science is Simon saying, you can go halfway to the door. That protocol, by definition, won't allow you to get there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, sort of? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that means that science and religion do not hold the answer. The answer lies in your mind's eye. And that's why I'm now going to give you what I believe to be possibly one of the most important tenets in magic. Man has a responsibility for the thoughts he chooses to entertain. Joseph Campbell said it best when he said, when you see the kingdom of the Father on earth, the apocalypse has already occurred. It is perpetual in its potential. <laughs> so we gotta be careful of what we think what's going on it's all true and more you think there's I could make an argument right now that black goo is terraforming earth right in front of our eyes with Fukushima and Chernobyl and Three Mile Island right 
Hmm. It's not, but I mean, you know, I could make an argument. Right. So it's probably true. <laughs> I, yeah, I I do know that my sciences have gotten so good. I'm now realizing their limitation. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, you can't get there from here. What happens is you focus on the dorm, you've missed the journey as a metaphor. We have physical immortality. It is not what all the magic lodges say about sex magic and the mass of the Holy Ghost and the orgasm and all of that. Actually, if you read Mersiliati, the sacred and the profane, uh, it is the moment after sex, Mm -hmm. just after. And you're floating in that place that's timeless. And that is where immortality lies. And it becomes timeless. And at some point, you'll learn or study, because everybody does it differently. So studying, not learning is a better word, you know, where you integrate it and make it yours. Everybody has a different way of getting there. All roads lead to Rome. But you need a North Star to know which direction you're going in. What is the North Star? Yeah. Uh, Rituals are the celebration of myths in Greek mythology. And so rituals are your switch. My mother, my mother was a fam with my grandmother. They were famous psychics for the Seattle Police Department. They'd find bodies. Not back in the 30s. Ryan studied them, you know, how, all that kind of thing. And <clears throat> mom had a problem because her vision would come to her when she was unexpected. You'd be in the middle of, uh, uh, you want to hold that for a minute? Oh, it's U.S. Bank. I've got to take this for one second. Hello? Again, I am constantly, constantly getting troll calls. And I have no idea why. Very creepy. I get them too. What's that? I get a lot of them too. Yeah, why? What's it going on? And and they're trolls. And they'll sound, some of them will sound human. Like really good. You know? mm-hmm. Hi, this is Judy. Mr. Rick, what, what, you know, are you human? Pause. <laughs> and then click to hang up. Because <laughs> they can't answer. I don't know. That's weird. Eventually, the, eventually they might become human. Yeah, that's me. I'm an old man with my teeth falling out. I can't even get my teeth fixed because of the COVID virus. They, you know, they don't want to expose themselves. What a bunch of... There was a wonderful video two days ago I saw in Calgary. I shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. Talk politics. But that... The rabbi chased a bunch of police out of his church because they were doing Passover, you know, Easter. And Mm -hmm. they came to an unlawful meeting, too big a group. Do you have a search warrant? Get out. (laughs) Do you have a search warrant? Get out. And a bunch of jackboots, you know, Nazis. You're all Nazis. Get out. (laughs) And the woman's trying to argue with them, but they left because they didn't have a right to do that. Right. Correct assembly. So at least we still have some rights. Well, uh, most of this stuff with masks and things are toxic. 
I mean, they're toxic. Why are they doing that if they're toxic to humans? And this RNA that they're doing, uh, basically because that's experimental, you know, they can cancel your insurance without cause. If you have taken that experimental inoculation, they can cancel your insurance, health insurance. I didn't Legal. know that. Yeah. I noticed that nobody's talking about that. You know, they talk about the nanites and, you know, privacy and things of that nature, but nobody's mentioning the fact. It's just simple because it's experimental. And the amount of body count from people having an adverse reaction to it is just it's, it's seminal. It's terrible. Do you think some of this vaccine comes from something alien? No. No. I think it's a bunch of old, dirty old men trying to take over the earth using fear and the media. Now, they might be encouraged by aliens. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know that part. Right. But, you know, I can go as a scientist. I can say, that, you know, for sure there's something going on here that isn't normal. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my mother sending me to school to get the mumps. You know, she wanted me to get sick because that's what it was. My brain, mm -hmm. my immune system. I heal myself. It wasn't, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. Yeah, we used to go out and just catch everything. That's how we got immune to it. Well, that, at, a, at an early age, yeah. you're sharp as a tack. The reason you and I are not as healthy is because of our eating choices. Mm -hmm. One in four people in Oregon now is obese. They're not fat. They're obese because of food choices in their diet. And so I would say that most of the world today is not healthy. And the children come out of the gate, like being brilliant, and then around the time it's their inner school systems, they become mind-controlled like me. You know, having fear and believing certain things. And it's arbitrary because I know that I don't know really what's going on. Right. Is you know, it's like SARS or some of the other viruses that have been through here. You know, I don't know anybody that's had COVID virus and died from it. But they are the headlines are just they're terrible. And I, Miner's Restaurant, that's a local one here in Grants Pass. She's a hardworking person. It's a really nice restaurant, uh, family oriented. You know, very good service. Strong, you know, hardworking. And they closed her down with $18,000 worth of fines, but she can't pay because she had too many people in her restaurant. And she did that because she didn't want to lose her restaurant. Right. What they're doing to the individual and our way of life is not right. And I believe it was uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin that said that when you give up your civil rights for safety, you lose both. So I, I, I don't know, and I'm mindful. I try to not break the law, but I'm not going to take that virus primarily because I don't believe it's real, and I don't want them putting things in my arm. I don't like needles anyway uh, because I, you know, because they think it's going to be for everybody's safety. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. What happened to civil rights and my right to religiously decide I don't want to shoot anybody. Right. I don't know. 
I don't know. You know, they're definitely trying to perpetuate a lot of fear. That's exactly right. And once you overcome fear, you have personal power. And what happens is personal power, this is Castaneda, pure Carlos Castaneda. I love him. No, no, he laid it out, the four enemies of men. After fear, you chain personal power, and that corrupts you. You know, with a little bit of power, it's even better than money. You know, they want the power of controlling things. Once you overcome that obstacle, then you start to see things more clearly. And clarity also becomes an enemy because, again, personal choice and values like you would not be a Christian if you were born in Afghanistan. Does that mean that everybody in Afghanistan is going to hell? No. Well, then there it is. I don't understand that. And then, of course, the fourth enemy of old men is old age. Too old to do anything about it. Once you've figured it all out, then you're too old to do anything about it, and you got to get recycled again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I do hope, though, that we have an influence on a younger generation so they can realize some of this stuff before they're too old to do something about it. So these younger generations, I can tell what age someone is by the way they drive now. Right? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there going, what? I'm getting old. See, I'm an old fart now, and I don't want to be like that. But uh, some of these kids are dangerous. The way they're driving. Mm -hmm. Me too, me first. I thought as if they think that life owes them something. They have to earn it. And there's no respect for someone like my age having to go through so much BS all this time. You'd think that I would have respect for just having survived it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's what they did. That's when I grew up in China. Those were values. Mm -hmm. China, crazy. Uh, I mean, China is worse than anything Putin could possibly serve up. You know, you want to see what's going on in Wuhan right now in terms of civil liberties. And these kids at first that were throwing themselves in front of tanks. You know, remember that? Just mm -hmm. a couple of years ago? Yeah. You don't, you don't hear anything about that anymore. Why? They're all dead. They ran over them with tanks. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. I just, <laughs> well, I remember a time when you had cheapest and best buy. For dollars spent, you got more for your bang for your buck when you bought Snap-on and right. you know, Crestman. But now they don't even offer that anymore. It's all cheapest now. And you have different sources from Harbor Freight on down where you're going to get your cheapest. But there's no such thing as Best Buy anymore because the whole of our society is oriented toward recycle. You don't fix Curtis Mathis TV. What you do is you run over it with a bulldozer and buy a brand new one, cheaper. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. It's like yeah. Dorito corn chips when, when uh, Jay Leno said, oh, don't worry, we'll make more. <laughs> you know, like, don't worry about running out of Dorito corn chips. We'll make more for you. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, medicine is so flawed now 
that things like cancer, the treatments that you have options for, are as bad as the disease that you have. You know, with cancer, you have choices of radiation or chemotherapy. Uh, you know, I, there's something wrong here. And I can't put my finger on it, but allotropic medicine, the American Indian had 50 known diseases, and they had a cure for every single one of them. Mm -hmm. Wherever there was a toxin in the woods, the antidote grew right next to it. Poison oak right here where we have, oh man, poison oak is really bad. We've got bracket and fern, you know, that you squeeze on it to take care of it. Um, today in our allotropic medicines, we've gotten so sophisticated. Instead of 50 known diseases, we have 500,000. And each one has gotten to such a complexity, some don't have cures. because they may or not be real. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's confusing to me. I know that my doctor, who's a Seventh-day Adventist, I chose him so he'd be slow on scripts. I don't want to just take pharmacy. What I'd want to do is heal myself in my mind's eye. That's that placebo thing. And now medicine, gotten really big in psychedelic mushrooms, mm -hmm. <gasps> Ooh, you know, and uh, it cures placebo. I mean, I change placebo or depression, it'll do this, it'll do that. And actually, I have a Schedule One up in Canada. We're growing psychedelic mushrooms for the Canadian government and the state of Israel for study. And I have come out with a statement stating that the mushroom itself is a toxin. It has chemistry in it that's very similar to, but different than the neurotransmitter in the brain. Your uh, psilocin and norvobiocystin are similar to a neurotransmitter. And what happens is when you take this toxin mushroom or acid, whatever, uh, smoking dimethyltryptamine, you know, 5-alpha, what it does is it freaks the brain out and the brain produces its own neurotransmitter, jumpstarts the brain's production that neurotransmitter and the next thing you know the 20 hours of high from your own brain response yeah. and okay now what is that altered states of consciousness are like tools in a toolbox when you take methamphetamine for example which is a toxin it produces a neurotransmitter and oh it's adrenaline that's how that woman was able to rip a car door off save her daughter in a flaming automobile. That's not true. Adrenaline didn't make her bone and, and flesh stronger than steel. How does that work? How? Say, you're, 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 you say, oh, I can see her in an adrenaline rush to be able to rip the car door off. Right. Oh, that's right, true, mm -hmm. except from a physics point of view, that flesh and the bone will break before the steel does. How does right. she do that? Say it doesn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. It so, isn't so there adrenaline. has to be some kind of alter. Her consciousness must be altering physical reality. That is, you move to a different part of the multiverse mm -hmm. where the laws of physics are different, like ESP, outside of space-time, like clairvoyance and precognition. You know what I'm trying to say? You, yeah. 
you didn't get in clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairascension, you always bring the information into your consciousness via one of your five senses. But you already had it, the information. And what you're doing is filtering it into something less than the information that you have. And the enteric nervous system, your gut, is where instinct lies. Instinct is your purpose, not your intent. Intent is from wounding, like the way you were born. Mm -hmm. Came out of the womb, and the first thing the doctor did is hit you, make you cry. <laughs> and then he took you off to be fingerprinted, you know, up against the wall, kiddo, before you were able to bond with mom. And then, oh, yeah, don't forget that. Chop your dick off circumcision. Oh, you won't remember that. You know, they have trauma on you that causes you to behave a certain way over other possible ways you might if you had worked with instinct. Usually, your first thought is always the most correct one. Mm -hmm. You learn how to listen to your instinct. That's where you don't make mistakes by definition. That was one of the reasons why SEAL Team 1, that's how we selected them. We measured their ESP. We wanted them to be intuitive. They were working from a more purpose point of view. You got shots because you were supposed to, to take the bullet. Right. Right. I, uh, I know that what I'm doing is simply a single footprint of putting ideas in your mind that then you take and make your own and then go further than I did with them. And that's why it's one small step for man. And that's my purpose is to finish the manuscripts that I started and the works and insight that I discovered so that your grandson then can write a better educational process for his children. Yeah. So, so yeah. what are some of the new papers you're working on? Well, the psionic field theory with its Russian is the real exciting one. I posted it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a full chapter in uh, a new book on resonant cavity oscillators and is laying a foundation for the math I'm going to be adding to it that will allow us to supersede a holographic system by 47 years. And that's the one thing I'm doing. The non-local mind is a follow-up of all of that and the conclusions of what the non-local mind is all about, the mind outside the body, okay? And that leads me then to the new series called the Diamond Body series, which is the Diamond Body, Electromagic, and Yogatronics. And the Diamond Body is the work I did on cymatics using them with video feedback systems after I'd set up the Menninger Foundation and how light and sound affect physical organisms. Just, you know, looking at something in the visible light region and if it's red, it does this to you and if it's blue, there's more relaxing and da-da-da. That's what, it's on cymatics and it was the foundation for where Buckminster Fuller did his thing, which is another book I'm, I'll talk about in a minute. But that's the diamond body. Electromagic is where I bypass drugs and can simulate any drug experience using electric currents on the forehead. And I did that work in the 70s also. That's called electromagic. I used 
uh, Mora and Endemet German acupuncture equipment where I could wave, shape, and talk specifically to neurotransmitters for their release. Then Yogatronics is where I bypassed CERN. Basically, when Lockheed came up with their teleportation laser, they created a new weapon using structured water and in uh, a buckyball. And that's called a fullerene, but instead of putting structured water inside it, if you put deuterium inside it, they could have a neutron fullerene fusion bomb. You've got the paper, there's yeah, the pattern. That's how yeah. Building 7 went down into slag. It was a plasma. And what CERN is about is creating a larger wormhole to move larger objects like a human being in a rapid transit type system to Fermilabs out of Chicago. And Yogatronics bypasses that by using your own neurotransmitters, by envisioning in your mind's eye certain geometries that cause resonance to create the wormhole. And it shows me on Mars as a little boy meditating on geometry in a little Buddhist gay and I'm a young child because that's the age I chose to go to Mars in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so how, how does how does that work? Do you do you, so? Are you using like these together, the the electro um, thing and the visualization? Geometries called it's, the diamond body. It's right. a face center cubic hexagonal close back structure. Bravis lattices. There are fourteen ways nature bonds with itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, each one of those. If you meditate on the, that geometry in your mind's eye, you release certain neurotransmitters. And each one of those does something different. I was talking about methamphetamine. What that does is essentially allows you access to how an ant is able to move 10 times its weight by connecting to a different universe. So all we have to do is meditate on these geometric patterns and we can alter specific our... Ones. And what I think I'm going to discover, and I haven't written the math on it yet, mm -hmm. is that that sacred geometry is different for different genuses, like homo as opposed to cetacean. Like dolphin have a different kind of geometry, sacred geometry, than humans do. And that their access to the multiverse is different than ours. Right. And ours is unique for human, Homo sapien, as a single life form entity. Does this tie into what we were talking about before the show about telepathic communication? You already know what we mean by that, but you don't have the words to articulate it. It's like you have a knowing of something. You can read it in their body language, their facial expression. You smell it, you know, the fear. You smell that you, you can, it's in, always in one of your senses. There is a dialogue going on and why previous epochs like Sanskrit talked about darshan, where you were eyeball to eyeball rather than us just doing screen. Now, there we have, you and I have some communication going on right yeah. now because you look at my eyes and my flaring. But I could uh, then do this kind of thing like that, you know, and you get a different vibe. Actually, 
Man, I'm going to say it now. This is something. My bucket list. If I get to go to Stockholm and do all of that stuff, you know, with a Nobel Prize and all of that, my bucket list includes opening for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the communication. You had a grin. It was an emotional thing, not words that you could associate, but you got it. You understand, right? Okay, that's telepathy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 we both laugh and, and, and we know. <laughs> that's that place of nom or grace. And uh, we don't have those words. It's like Bruce Lee when he talked about water, formless. It can't do anything unless you put it in a cup. You containerize it. You give it a word. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and then you can do something with water and drink it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know well, uh, see where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's metaphor. And the problem is, man isn't even aware of the fact that there's things around him going on way more, like the earth. The earth, its soil, mycorrhizae, is its gut. And the mycelium is probably the nervous system, as a metaphor, in terms of communicating to the younger trees in a forest of an impending storm or a fire, horse fire that's happening. I, uh, I think it's alive. I think they call it the lost chord, you know, the Shabbat, S-H-A-B-D, something you hear, the mm -hmm. sound. Uh, what Terrence McKenna called uh, zero-point energy it is something that is uh, the earth trying to speak to man. It's the serpent at the end of the rainbow. The lost cord. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, exactly. See, that's the part that makes it so cool. It's the smile, the, the grin, the, the, oh, yeah, you get it. Once you get it, it's yours. That's what makes it real. And uh, that's what I'm discovering now. I, you know, I know that uh, I'm probably going to have to get recycled again because of all the drama <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah, drama. That's a good word. And I don't need it. I bet there it is anyway. And um, I'm now realizing humbly that really none of us are more important than any other person that none of us get out of here until every single person listening to this gets up off the couch and does their part of what mm -hmm. they're supposed to be doing. And that's how we get out of here. <laughs> so at least there is a way out. Well, stay tuned on that. One of the other things we were talking about before the show was some of the interesting things that are going on now in your in your life and some memories coming back. Can you discuss that? Yeah, this is, uh, uh, I had another door open in a dream. It was like a lucid dream. And I woke with the memory of the dream. And it's astounding what I'm realizing. I'm starting to see some of what probably is one of the reasons I'm being harassed. There's a group that doesn't want me to remember. I don't think it's military. But I don't know what it is, and mm -hmm. so I don't know what that's about yet. There seems, you know, holding me back. And so I've been very blessed. I have some patrons that have come forward. 
on books. That's why there's a whole bunch of books coming out this year. I'm going to probably have six of them. Wow. Uh, other titles include, um, besides the Diamond Body, Electromagic, and Yogatronics, there is the new small family farm for the 21st century, forest farming, where <clears throat> instead of wildcrafting mushrooms, I'm farming them in the forest. You know, like chaga. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. And then um, Pantheon, Archetypal Gods in Daily Living, is coming out as the magical and ritual use of metaphor. Archetypal Gods in Daily Living. Uh, the Greek had their technology suggested that there are 22 stories in the big city, each one to a major arcana, and that you have either one story going on, one storyboard going on, which means you're possessed or, <clears throat> you know, driven, or you have more than one. Most of us have six or seven different storyboards going on. And if you can, out of the 22, you know, stories in the big city, like Psyche at the Well of Souls, each one has an ending. And if you don't like that ending, then I have a whole new series that I'm writing on pathworking, on magic, <laughs> how to change the movie. That, you know, literally using ritual where you turn a switch on. Like Walt Disney in The Sorcerer's Apprentice, his switch was drawing a circle around himself, magic circle. And he said, everything inside the circle is me. And everything outside that circle is not me. That's what it switches. You know, it's mm -hmm. a metaphor. Uh, the one I use is Golden Dawn with uh, Dion Fortune, Psychic Self-Defense, where she wraps white light around herself. Right. It's the ritual of switching going from the profane into the sacred. That's what my mother needed when she started getting, in, you know, psychic things coming at her. And she didn't know which ones were real mm -hmm. and which ones were just her imagination. How do you separate that? That's why you just don't do a Ouija board. You first have a liquor. <laughs> and a drink first. You know. No, I meant, you know, you have a switch that takes you from normal life to something sacred. You're going to have dialogue with yourself. That is really important to have that switch so that you know the one from the other and they don't get confabulated to the point where you lose which one's which. That's your so-called North Star. Right. All the things you do will get you there, but you need to have a switch to know what direction you're going in. You know, are you going from the sacred into the profane or the Profane into the sacred, <laughs> as well, a metaphor. I, I want to go to the sacred. <laughs> What's that? Say what? I would like to go to the, more towards the sacred. Yeah. Well, the sacred is a very special place. It's like uh, timeless. It's like you're not thinking about anything because you're not here. Mm -hmm. You're there. Do you, do you think that this knowledge is a threat to somebody and that's why they're kind of messing with you right now? I think, I don't know. Uh, who knows what it is? I, you know, stay tuned for a little bit. I may never know what really it's about. Some of it's my imagination mm -hmm. because I'm limited and human being. And you start putting game, gang, gang stalking protocols in place and by definition you go crazy. Right. Oh, wait, I already am. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm nuts. The guy's crazy. Yeah, it'll drive you nuts because you can't get there from here. Doesn't have an answer. Doesn't work like that. And you strive for it, but you can't get there because right. it doesn't work like that. Um, one of the things I I, I had I had emailed you. Yeah, hold on one second. Let's see who this is. Trudy Birch. I'll just let this one call. I don't know who that is. I'll let him leave a message. Three three oh. This is what time? Ten o'clock. Yeah. There, hmm. she's on recorder now. There she is. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry about that. Go oh, ahead. No problem. Um, I sent you an email with a device that somebody had emailed me about. I saw create, that creating sure. some kind of ball with ice in it, and I, I'm not. I, I had trouble understanding what it was about, but to me, it looks like it's supposed to be opening some type of portal to the multiverse. Are a a uh, everything that man has is is cavitation. Cavitation is a process where you have a pool of water and a single drop that drops and hits the pool and it goes down into the water and goes whoop, comes back up again mm -hmm. right but when it comes back up it's no longer a drop of water right it is a bubble of water that has captured the medium in which it's falling in this case air and if you look inside the bubble and in this case the pool is water well then that's when the when 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 it goes down into the water, there's a bunch of waves that go out. That's the future. The waves that go slap, form a bubble, whoop, comes back up again, and it's structured water capturing the medium that pops back up. Whoop, 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 whoop. It goes on into infinity. Microscopically, down, 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 forever. As a universe, in knot theory, where I'm your little boy scout, tying strings into knots. <laughs> Kaufman, knot <laughs> <Not> theory. <laughs> roger, roger. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the new direction of what is that cloud, we call the proton cloud, from when it's a particle and when it becomes a wave. The way Max discovered it, he said, he came up and invited me up for an interview last year, and he said, I don't know what to do with Schrodinger's cat. And I said, oh, you mean the best little whorehouse in Texas? There are a bunch of cats, and some are dead, and some are alive, and some are dying. You know, it's a multiverse. That's where the multiverse lies, with all the different possibilities from a particle to a wave. And to do that, we're going to have to go to the next level. The, what happened with quantum mechanics that led to the holographic system was Heisenberg. The more you knew about one thing, the mm -hmm. less you knew about another. That means that when you went from analog to digital, step stones, this place in between is where you lose information. So I said, oh, well, then let's just work on not space and time. Whoop. We'll work on resolution of information, information and resolution. 
But candidly, that's also limited because of a theorem that states in information theory, you have enough information to ask a coherent question. You have enough information to answer it. Now, what's that, what's that mean? It means that you have generators like Mendelbrot, Julia, and May that are unique, distinct, closed systems. Same problem occurs in holographic systems. You talk about physical plane and the emotional plane, the EQ, how you feel about the physical plane. You see? And then right. you have up here the causal plane where you distinguish a difference between a chair and a couch, they both do the same thing, but they're different. And that's where Gregory Bateson said, what is your metaphor, but to serve your paradox, how you go from one thing to another. That was John Bohm, David Bohm, uh, implicate order. But I took that and I meant, oh, that means I'm putting my two ox out in my meadow. Paradox. <laughs> is, is, is that? Yeah, why, now you're getting the limitation. Is That's that? Is that? Is that why things are like we we perceive reality a certain way? You know, normally you can more awake or whatever. And when we try to astral pro project or remote view, it's different because but of some of that loss of information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. The difference is. Astral projection is not remote viewing. Astral projection is inner work. You have an astral cord. Remote viewing is like the ghosts of Mars where you're looking at something through someone else's eyes. Mm -hmm. And Alex Kavarinen, a brilliant Finnish mathematician, physicist, he's dead now, wrote about that in Emergent Mind Bulletin. It's a uh, a, a zine on the internet that was edited by Leon Sidorov. She was Russian, and then uh, that stopped when she had children and, you know, started her family. But she had um, Emergent Mind Bullet, and Alex Kavarinen wrote about the distinction between remote viewing, which is quite dangerous, because your soul can be changed. You know, it's like a shaman that places consciousness into that of an eagle to see what the eagle says. The eagle is able to see what he sees, and that's where your soul is now commingling rather than it being you inside with an astral cord going to somewhere else to get the information, <laughs> inner and outer. And that's, again, the concepts of cavitation, where you have two brains, we have a binary, you know, our sun, and the center of our galaxy has a white hole somewhere else from the black hole. So with remote viewing, if I try to view the world through the eye of an eagle and the eagle is looking through the eyes of me, when I'm done remote viewing, I am I still me or am I still the eagle? Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like that movie, Ghosts of Mars, there's more going on here and you have to be very careful about your, your frame of reference. Your frame of reference, inner or outer. That's mm -hmm. why you draw that switch. So you know which direction you're going. And I guess that sort of brings us back to why you have to have that North Star. That North Star is different for each of us, but essential 
that you have your frame of reference for what you do. And everybody does it a little differently, you know. And that's the part that makes this God's favorite choice. You know, we're all uniquely different. And anything you could possibly imagine we're capable of doing in this lifetime, including Earth, you know, seven days, that kind of thing. But we don't because of our limitations and we're only using a tenth of our cerebral cortex. Orca has a larger cerebral cortex than that mammal, swearing 60% of it. That mammal also has access to nine-tenths of the biosphere, where man has only access to one-tenth. Who's superior? Orca. See what I'm trying to say? You have a choice there. Is the Earth round or flat? Round. The correct answer is yes. Yes. Both, <laughs> well, because our limitation of what uh -huh. space is and what it is not. It's not real. It's a construct. And a limited one based on the limitations of man's ability to conceptualize using his mind's eye. As we mature, we can expand that, but you don't actually get there from here. And there are mammals on this planet that are far more evolved than man is technically. And when I watch Orca chase dolphin for food chain, I'm reminded of Bob Dylan, and everybody's got to serve somebody. And when you look at the Bible, they made a distinction between Yahweh and yad heh And when you realize that on the tree of life, there's Kether, which is mm -hmm. man's God. Above Kether is the veils of Isis. Right. And and soft and and soft war. What are those? Hierarchy. Just like your gut. Hmm. Where different bodies lie. So I guess maybe in a way the the three veils could also be symbolic of Again, three minds. When you promise veils, what you're doing is again quantizing mm -hmm. because of our limitation of conceptualizing one thing to the next. And that's what neurotransmitters do. They dialogue with those subtle bodies. And when you become use them as tools, now altered states of consciousness become tools in a toolbox. And where here I can have a strength of 10, and over here I can have the intuition of genius, and over here I can, dot a, you know, you have different tools in a toolbox as the next stage in the evolution of man, using altered states as tools in a toolbox. And that's why I train SEALs in using their belief systems as a tool, because the belief system is arbitrary. And if he went over there, my team had a member that went over as a Christian, he could get the team killed. It isn't what you do is you don't get rid of the belief system, but like a, like a heavy sweater, you fold it up neat and put it in a drawer for use when it's cold out. Appropriate. Use it as a tool, not an absolute. Some things are more fit. You know, you have a preference to want to be here and believe in Jesus. Another one is Buddhist. That's and different belief systems open different doors. And that's why you can accurately say a Buddhist could be a Christian, but a Christian could not be a Buddhist. Certain worldviews are more limited than others. Right. And why you use them 
for your moral codes of ethics, your rules of conduct, how you want to behave. Mm -hmm. The reason I go to church is that this group actually believe in values that I aspire toward. I'm not perfect. I want to be like that. And so I've chosen that group to align myself to help reinforce my own belief systems. That's why you go to church, fellowship. And, uh, you know, same with science. A replicator turned into a 3D printer. You know? Once you stand in your mind's eye, <clears throat> now you can make the science to make it true. Yeah. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? It, it is. Very interesting. And that's where I think we're going next with consciousness. The ability to step outside of our physical body and be able to take charge of things like health with your mind's eye, distinguishing it from healing, which implies there's something wrong. Homeostasis for everyone is different. What's healthy for you is may not be for me. And so, you know, health isn't like one size fits all. Oh, your heart rate's up to 151. I'm going to have to put you on meds. And when my doctor said that to me, I said, cuff me. I'll change my blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. You take control of your physical body, like the thoughts in your head. That's why all your saints in history have stressed the importance of meditation, training the mind. The mind is a tool. But the mind it's isn't who we. Crack. But the mind uh, isn't who we are, though. Just yeah, a tool. Exactly. And what you want to do is use it as a tool for your own personal ends. And everybody's different. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, as a scientist, that I'm now understanding <clears throat> my limitations with science. Can't get there from here. <laughs> How do I get there? Well, it isn't a question of getting there. It's a question of not missing the journey. Right. Yeah. Sacred and the profane. Hmm. Is the what is the, what is the what is the purpose? What is the purpose of the journey? I couldn't answer that for you. It's different for each of us. Each one of us, there's something different mm -hmm. about the journey. And that's what makes us God's favorite, our uniqueness in that regard. I, uh, I'm glad I'm not an ant and hive consciousness, although an ant is terraforming your property more than you are, even with that bulldozer outside. And ants underneath the, you know, in the dirt is, Unbelievable hive consciousness. Apparently, there were an experiment with humans at one point with the ant men, you know, with the hive consciousness, star child. You know, the Lloyd Pye and others were mm -hmm. promoting at one point. So, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, slowly trying to understand how I can take more responsibility for my own self and my own evolution and try to wake myself up by showing you how to wake yourself up and then your great-grandson will take our, our, our struggle and 
move it even closer <laughs> to the door. Do you, do you think it's important to be open to all possibilities? Well, that's what it's about. Where do you want to go with it? Use the possibilities. That's all. Where do you want to go and why? All right. That's a tough one when you open up all possibilities as ways to go. <laughs> well, it's... It becomes kind of infinite. Manifest destiny is about, and that is less than halfway to what God is. You can never know God. You can experience him. But it's beyond our capacity with our brain structure and limitations. We're a smaller, lesser kind of life form. Hmm. Do you, do you think we continue to evolve into higher light forms of life after we pass away and reincarnate? Well, I would like to do it the way Johnny Depp did it to, uh, to the Lone Ranger. What do you mean, we, white man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for myself right now. Mm -hmm. Just like you are with yourself and the way you look up that way and you look up that way and you smile and laugh knowing what I'm trying to infer. Some of it's easy. It's, some of it, though, is so hard to put into human language. Yeah, that's uh, a small group of men wanting to take control of everyone. You know? Mm -hmm. and it's not going to work because control turns out, at least in Jungian psychotherapy, is a fantasy. You don't have control of anything. You're just along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. So their effort, their effort is futile well, anyway. Sit back, buckle up. It's going to be bumpy, by the way. And, and enjoy the ride. How did <laughs> Carl Sagan put it? Want to go for a little ride? <laughs> I, I, think, I think I will. I think I've been on this ride for a little while now. <laughs> well, buckle up. It's going to be bumpy. Ah. That's good. I like bumpy rides. I'm getting kind of used to them. Well, welcome to Baracha, honey. That was <laughs> a great race when the great Leslie and Dr. Fate end up in this little town in Colorado, and the hooker comes up from around the bar and she says, Welcome to Baracha, honey. Anything goes. Ah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you? I'm at uh, richardallenmiller.com. Uh, Richard Allen, A-L-A-N, Miller.com. All right. Bookstores there. Anything you buy from May will be autographed. And I have e-books. I have uh, audiobooks. I have tools now, brain drivers and other kinds of things to uh, train your mind. I have some, besides just books, I have some toys, if you will. What is a brain driver? Uh, to reset your brain to where it was before you entered school <laughs> and had it formatted. You'll go through a bifurcation. Um, it's called frequency following function or brain entrainment, where mm -hmm. you put the brain down into certain bandwidths so that you can do work with them. Like when you're in a, a light alpha state, um, you can program beliefs and habits and change things, including spousal abuse and gambling. You can do a lot of things with your brain 
entrained in certain bandwidths. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I'm a big fan of the brain entrainment and binaural beat type of stuff. Right. You well, know, that's I, I sell brain drivers. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. There's like there's like five discs. One of which is a virtual audio demo that will blow your mind. Hmm. It'll blow your mind. I mean, it didn't realize we could do that kind of level of thing with sound. It's amazing what I you mean, can do with sound. It's crazy. Almost yeah. what you almost what you can do with psychedelics. Very similar. Well, At least for me, I find the experience similar. Yeah. The psychedelics are not what are doing the, the, the creepy. The brain is, yeah. Yeah, the brain is. That's And that just to realize, that's your potential, and you can do that with your mind's eye. That's what Yogatronics is about. You don't even need current anymore. Bypass the drugs using current currents, and then bypass the currents using your own envisioned mind's eye. That is where it all occurs, is in the mind's eye. Are you going to put out anything with uh, sacred geometry? Well, that's with, the with diamond the... body. That's, that's what the diamond body, yeah. So, so you're, gonna, you're actually going to have like the diagrams for people to meditate on? Oh, no, absolute meditational tools, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yep. Yeah. You and can... how to build them into sound mm -hmm. so that you can mess with yourself and experiment with yourself yeah. so so have you considered putting out like a package of like i, I have know, of like tarot cards with the sacred geometry shapes along with the sounds so you can listen to certain sounds uh, and use the certain shapes harry robert, robert buchanan just died he was my he was a graduate student at the uw 1974 he did his doctorate in music Mm -hmm. On cymatics, he was working for me as a grad student in, in sound and geometry, and so I was on his thesis board, and he wrote a book called Sona, S-O-N-A, and uh, that's a good place to start, but it was based on the work of the diamond body, which then led me going to the next level of not using sound or light, but using acupuncture on your forehead, just going directly on the forehead and mm -hmm. talking to neurotransmitters. Call it the wire. There's a, a, a friend of mine that wrote a sci-fi on that called Little Heroes. Norman Spinrad wrote a, a book on called Wearing the Wire, where you you're part of your costume that night if you wanted to go out. Is what sex did you want? And you turn it in and go as a male female just by dialing in neurotransmitter releases. Wow. Little Heroes. Is that something that would be available to everybody? Anybody can do that. You've got masculine outside you got a feminine inside cavitation again hmm. how you're raised by your parents why you have a preference to this kind of a woman as opposed to that kind huh. so now i know why i like big butt the diamond body itself is uh, the beginnings of the vector equilibrium matrix and buckminster fuller's book which i also have a new book coming out called the Marshall Papers, and the work that Bob Marshall did for Buckminster Fuller. He's the one that came up with the C60 and the C120 molecule. He did that with vector equilibrium matrix where carbon can bond on a nanometer or single geometry flat layer, one, one, one atom thick, and um, what they call nanocarbon. And mm -hmm. uh, the geometry will go click with a uh, 160 molecules or 120 molecules and the spacing is right here 
is that 1.4 nanometers, just enough to put a structured water molecule inside the thing. That's what created the fullerene. I gave you a technical paper I wrote on that. That will be also part of the non-local mind under the chapter on water, structured water, and Jerry Pollock's work. Hmm. One more question before we wrap it up. It just popped into my head. Is the work of Dr. Emoto real? Emoto, emotions. There is a way of programming water with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Again, that's neurotransmitters dialoguing with the external world causing changes in the structured water that's outside your body. And you can do that. You can also do that to a body of water. So it's true. Because a lot of people say it's not true, but I wonder, I guess that must be misinformation because you don't want people to realize the power of our own thoughts. Well, what's the difference between a glass of water and holy water? Well, holy water kills vampires. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> skirt, skirt, skirt. Uh, you know, the holy water. You can go after vampires and, and werewolves. <laughs> um, that's by preying on the water. Preying on the water yeah. changes it. Changes it from a glass of water to holy water. Right. So, so there actually is a molecular difference? There it is. You can measure it. That's what they're talking about is structured water. And all the experiments that are coming out of MIT with Mark LeClaire and others right now in that area. Jerry Pollack works at the UW, University of Washington. Wow. Yep. And all this is connected with these tubulars that are coming out of our body. That's correct. And you have pheromone and odiferous <laughs> molecules. Yeah, I've got all kinds of things going on. <laughs> Smells bad, man. You take a bath? <laughs> Just kidding. But... There's a lot of things going on besides words when you communicate. I remember in a new book I'm doing called Children Ask the Darndest Questions. And uh, Norm Shealy and I, Dr. Norm Shealy and I did two years of sixth graders asking questions on national radio. And one kid asked, if pigs are so smart, how come parrots can talk and pigs can't? And I, <laughs> yeah, you get that idea, the smart kids. And I said, well, nonverbal communication. When a pig wants its way, it knows how to communicate. I'm like, right, right. Exactly. Or bird brain comes to mind, parrot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Polly wants a cracker. He <laughs> <laughs> always blew my mind. Every time I talk to you, I'm left thinking for like a month about all these different things. Well, it's important. That's what I'm doing is leaving a footprint for you. And you showing your son and your son showing his son. And at some point, we get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100,000 lifetimes, man. <laughs> uh, it's a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. And it is a pleasure. Buy my books. That's my only source of income. I will be doing uh, Oak Institute for Children mm -hmm. either later this year or the first of next. I have a whole bunch of teachers. And rather than teach children what we think they need to know, 
we think it might be interesting to start with what is it they want to know and why? See where that goes. Yeah. I'll call it Harry Potter School of Metaphysics. I have a, <laughs> I think that's where it's going to start, like um, Cloud Atlas, but that's where we start. Children are very smart and they know, they don't know they can't do something. Like I know what I can't do now. And that's where innovation occurs. And they're way smarter than me. Why would we want to dumb them down into, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic? When in fact, on my post, I don't know if you saw my Facebook, there's a, a little girl in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm -hmm. that is a painter, artist. And at age 13, she's a genius. Hmm. She's unbelievable. And, um, Children, in my humble opinion, are probably our single most important natural resource, and we really need to consider the need now for educational reform. Social distancing should have happened 10 years ago, crowding and pushing in line and things like that. It's a lot nicer now to stand away from each other mm -hmm. and observe personal space having nothing to do with, you know, the virus. It's not about the virus. It's about giving honor to somebody and being polite. It does create less anxiety. What's that? It does create less anxiety, I think. Bongo, that's just one benefit of many that comes out in terms of respecting another personal space. That's how what they do in crowd control. They, you know... As the crowds get tighter and tighter, they become more unruly. So there's a metaphor, though, you know. I learn something every time I talk to you. My pleasure. All right. So I'll just hang on one second, and I'll play the outro. And also, just a reminder to my listeners, I'm going to post a link to your website in the notes of my episode. And please go there and definitely buy some of his books because they're They'll change your life, just like my book will change your life, too. <laughs> Thanks for being on, man. My pleasure. You call me again when you like me. Yeah, always. Hang on one second. I just got to play the oh, outro. Okay. I just did leave. Did I do it wrong? No, that's okay. I just got to play the outro on the audio recorder. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.